welcome to episode two of the session series from the Georgia Chamber podcast. It has been a busy week with the appropriations process in full swing. Episode two, I can't believe that we are only five days into the legislative session. I feel like it's been ages since we last recorded, but you're right, it has been a busy week. It's been a little quieter in the Capitol. Um, Not every single lobbyist has been there, um, but you can definitely see people there trying to uh, influence legislators as they consider the amended budget and the 2024, or sorry, the 2025 budget. Mm -hmm. So last week was a very big week. We kicked off session on January 8th. And the chamber hosted our annual Eggs and Issues Breakfast at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the first time. We had nearly 3,000 state and community leaders and business executives with us. And we heard from Governor Kemp, Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones, and Speaker Burns as they discussed their 2024 priorities. So, Katie, what did we hear from them about their priorities regarding the business community? Yes, um, being at Mercedes-Benz was really awesome. I think everyone really enjoyed our new venue. It was really cool to be down there on the field. And you're right, we heard some really exciting announcements um, from our administration on their issues of significance for this this coming session. To start, Governor Kemp made several really exciting announcements regarding issues that will have a significant long-term impact on the well-being of our state. He announced a $1.5 billion investment in our freight and logistics infrastructure, This is a huge victory for members of the business community and the transportation community who have been pushing for a down payment on the future of our critical infrastructure. He also announced um, a $178 million down payment for a dental school at Georgia Southern University and $50 million for a medical school at the University of Georgia. These were welcome announcements for our friends in the healthcare industry who've been working hard to ensure that every Georgian has access to healthcare. The ultimate goal there is to increase the number of medical students who stay in Georgia to practice after graduation. Yeah, you're right. I think Georgia currently ranks 41st nationally for doctors who stay in state um, after they graduate from our medical school. So we're excited to hear that from the governor. The chamber has worked alongside several state leaders and organizations to review Georgia's licensing processes and procedures. And the lieutenant governor talked at length about his red tape rollback initiative at Eggs and Issues. So what sort of legislation do we expect to come from that initiative in terms of licensing our regulated industries? It's no secret that Georgia has built the nation's best business environment, and Lieutenant Governor Jones has made it a priority to keep it that way. His red tape rollback initiative proposes legislation aimed to do a number of things to attract new new investment and create opportunity for those businesses that are already thriving in our state. His proposed legislation will focus on improving the process for obtaining professional and occupational licenses while also giving licensing boards more flexibility. It will also strengthen the power of the Georgia General Assembly to oversee and review proposed state agency regulations as well as request economic analyses of these proposed legislation and agency regulations that would impact small businesses. Speaking of small businesses, Jones aims to amend the Administrative Procedure Act to expand the definition of small business from 100 employees to 300 employees. Finally, we expect to see legislation that reduces the size and scope of state government by eliminating defunct or duplicative boards and commissions. And one final recap from Exit Issues. We also heard Speaker Burns talk about several of his priorities for 2024 And one of those was continued efforts to expand access to mental health care throughout the state. And we all know that the late Speaker Ralston was able to make significant progress when it came to mental health care with HB 1013, also known as the Mental Health Parity Act. So what is Speaker Burns hoping to accomplish that will further access to this kind of care? 
Since assuming the role of speaker following the late David Ralston's death, um, John Burns has consistently spoken of his intentions of carrying on Speaker Ralston's legacy through a continued focus on mental health. Last year, House Bill 520 was introduced by Representative Todd Jones and passed through the House. House Bill 520 would expand student loan forgiveness for mental health care providers, create crisis stabilization centers across the state, and expand the provisions for court-ordered outpatient treatment. As we enter the second year of the legislative biennium, I expect we will see Speaker Burns in the House take another run at strengthening our citizens' access to mental health care. Last week was the first legislative week of the 2024 session. The General Assembly gathered Monday through Friday. They completed five of 40 total legislative days. So what action did we see take place last week? Um, On Monday, January the 8th, Senator Matt Brass out of Noonan was appointed to the Conference Committee on House Bill 514. He replaced Senator Mike Dugan of Carrollton, who has recently stepped down um, from his Senate seat to pursue a seat in Congress. House Bill 514, the Housing Regulation Transparency Act, is a Georgia Chamber scorecard bill, and it aims at addressing the state's workforce housing needs. We're also continuing to monitor scorecard bills from last session. We expect Senate Bill 157, which deals in occupational licensing and second chance hiring, to be further considered. But of course, that's just a couple of the number of scorecard, oppose, and support bills that the chamber currently has on our docket. And last Thursday, which was probably the most noteworthy action from last week, Governor Kemp gave his State of the State address, and in his speech, he again touted Georgia's continued record-breaking economic development success, and I have a short clip from his speech on Thursday. Despite unprecedented challenges, we have maintained a AAA bond rating while celebrating the creation of more than 171,000 new jobs and roughly $74.5 billion of investment in every corner of the Peach State over the last five years. He also spoke about several items from his proposed 2024-2025 budget. What were those budget items? And those budget items included an additional $1.4 billion for K-12 education, as we mentioned, the $1.5 billion for infrastructure funding, $104 million to school districts for school safety enhancements, and $3,000 pay increases for our state's law enforcement officers. He also uh, included pay increases for all state employees and $205 million to increase access to mental health care, just to name a few. And now moving into this past week, the 15th through the 19th was budget week, correct? Yes, that's correct. So we didn't see any major legislative action, but the General Assembly met to review the governor's proposed budget and to go through the appropriations process. Um, Can you give us an overview of what happened with the budget this week? Sure, I will try to keep it brief, but the appropriations process is quite quite an uh, undertaking. The Joint Appropriations Committee met for three long and full days this week, hearing budget proposals from each of the state's agency and department heads. Each year, there are two appropriations bills that are passed through the General Assembly and signed by the governor. The first to be passed is the budget for the amended fiscal year, or this year it would be um, fiscal year 24. This adjusts the current fiscal year's budget, accounting for changes in school enrollment and other unanticipated needs. Governor Kemp has proposed a $37.5 billion amended budget for the current year, which is a $5 billion spending jump from the original budget uh, passed last session. The other appropriations bill in 
is the budget for the upcoming physical year, so FY25, which begins on July 1st and ends in June on June 30th of next year. The governor has proposed a trimmer $36.1 billion spending plan for this new budget year that starts in July. Earlier this week, state economist Robert Bushman told lawmakers that a mild recession is likely in the first half of this year, and he says that that justifies this conservative revenue estimate. Prior to the convening of the General Assembly, each agency is required to submit their requests to the Office of Planning and Budget. These requests contain their respective funding needs, such as salaries of employees, operational costs, technology, rent for office space, etc. Agencies are also required to submit strategic plans alongside their budget requests, and these plans detail how the agencies will use these funds to improve their services, increase employee retention, and enhance overall efficiency. As kind of a side note, appropriations bills must begin in the House. So once it passes out of the House, the Senate will inevitably tweak what makes it over to their side of the Capitol, and then the two will come together to form a conference committee to refine the bill until it is to both of their likings. Passing a balanced budget is the only constitutional requirement of the legislature. Everything else is just for fun. But this year, if it's anything like years past, it will get down to the nitty-gritty final days before both budgets grace the governor's desk. What happens after... This week, the budget week, will those bills and budgets continue to be heard throughout the rest of the session? Yeah, like I said, um, the budget process is is not a short one. We will be talking about the budget until close to the end of session. Of course, each bill has to cross over before crossover day. So we know at least by the end of February, um, they will move to the other chamber. But other than that, the sky is really the limit at this point. Bills are being dropped every day. As I've mentioned, those that cross over last year are still eligible. We've already seen committee movement on one of last year's sports betting bills, and I expect the momentum to increase drastically following the conclusion of Budget Week. Personally, I'm keeping my eyes peeled for any sort of legislation resulting from this summer's joint tax review panel. This has been Episode 2 of the session series from the Georgia Chamber podcast. Katie, thank you again. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. Before we go, I do want to invite everyone to join our affiliate, the Georgia Transportation Alliance, for their seventh annual State of Transportation reception. It will be on Wednesday, January 24th at Norfolk Southern's headquarters. For more information, if you would like to join us, you can visit gachamber.com backslash events.